So this is the day with Pastor Wade Scarborough. It is our prayer that something is said or done to make your walk through this journey called life a little lighter and brighter. You can follow Pastor Wade at Real Pastor Wade on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. He looks forward to walking with you on this journey together to breakthrough, victory, redemption. Pastor Wade is anointed and experienced in multiple areas of life. God uses him to have us look at our challenges in ways we may never have seen before. Now the moment we've all been waiting for, Pastor Wade Scarborough. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to This is the Day with Pastor Wade Scarborough. It is an honor and privilege that you have taken your time out of your life to walk with me on this journey that we call life. For those joining us for the very first time, let me just say welcome and let you know what This is the Day is all about. This show is about discussing various topics that the church body do not talk about on a Sunday or at a Bible study or shut down from talking about it altogether because of the sensitive nature of the subject. All of us, no matter what you think, feel, or believe, without judgment, will, be, will not be made to feel like your feelings or opinion are not valid. And we can have a conversation freely here on This Is The Day with Pastor Wade. In light, ladies and gentlemen, of what's going on in the world, this coronavirus, social injustices, not only to Black people in America, but people in general. Just the lack of respect we have for one another is at an all-time high. We all must share this planet and occupy the same space. This leads me to this new conversation and a continued conversation we will have on how to treat one another. Uh, that's a major thing right now. And for, for those of us joining us for the very first time, let's review a little bit uh, in case you didn't hear the first episode of how to treat one another. I recommend highly, 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 highly. Did I say highly? I recommend highly that you start from the very beginning, uh, even though you're listening to the show. If you haven't, just go back uh, and listen to episode one of how to treat one another. It'll really bless your life. And then it segues uh, into episode two. So in episode one, we talked about the, the study of two groups uh, uh, of fellowship in the Greek uh, New Testament. We talked about the word koinos and uh, koinia. Uh, and konios, and also on the other side of that, uh, medicos. It's all, those were uh, expressed four related and essential elements that describe what fellowship is involved, uh, which is relationship, partnership, companionship, and stewardship. And the meaning of these two groups can be boiled down to two main ideas. One, you got to remember, we share together and take part together in the sense of participation and partnership. Look, ladies and gentlemen, we, were, we said earlier that when you talk about how we treat one another, look, we got to share together and take part together in this thing we call life. We are, we are here, whether we believe it or not, as brothers and sisters, we have to share this space. Also, the second point into that is we uh, share with, uh, in the sense of giving uh, to or receiving from others, sharing what we have with one another. Look, every culture uh, in this world, has something to bring to the table. Look, some some people right now may not believe that, but every culture uh, has some uh, to bring to the table. Also, since fellowship is so important and forms of essential foundation for understanding the ministry we are, are to have with one another, let's look at these four main concepts that we talked about on fellowship. We talked about fellowship means relationship. 
we also talked about uh, this thing called common life, that what we have seen and heard, we declare to you that we are together and we share in a common life. So this thing that we call life is a common life that we all share. Yes, we come from different cultures and different backgrounds, but we share in this common life, which leads into how we treat one another. Remember the principles of uh, common life, especially when the New Testament is involved. It says first sharing together in common life, the life of the Savior with other believers through relationship with God and his son and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, look, I get it. Some people that are listening right now uh, may or may not believe in God, may not believe that Jesus is the Christ. And you know what? That's okay. We'll, we'll, We'll get to that. But understand this. At the end of the day, you have to believe some way, shape or form, even though there is atheist and agnostic, you have to believe some way, shape or form that you would have to eventually get to the point that you know that there is a supreme being, a higher being than humanity. Oh, boy, I guess I I lost people in the review right now. I just heard it right now. Oh, my goodness. Also, we said the second principle is fellowship is therefore first and foremost a relationship. Listen, everything begins. Everything, everything, everything. Did I say everything? Everything in the Greek, the Latin, the Hebrew, the Aramaic means everything. So everything begins with relationship. And then relationship is not activity all the time. Relationship is that in that sharing with one another. Also, we talked about fellowship occurs in two spheres or levels. We talked about the the vertical, which is uh, who you believe in as far as your relationship with God. And then your relationship with God is supposed to extend to that horizontal, which is relationship with one another. That's why God says, how can you love me whom you don't see and you can't even love your, and you don't love your brother whom you do see. That is very, very critical when you talk about common life, how to treat one another, fellowship, relationship. We also said fellowship in the last series means partnership. Uh, We also said fellowship means companionship and also communion. The key ingredient to companionship is, you guessed it, that big C word, communication. Communication is key words, would include ideas like to interchange, communion, and sharing. We also said fellowship means stewardship. Ah, that's a great word, stewardship. Uh, We got to be good stewards over what God's given us, whether it be income, uh, whether it be the relationships that we have, or even, uh, believe it or not, the information that you hold. Oh, yeah. See, we don't think about stewardship with the information we hold because, look, that it says the Bible says the tongue is like a, a fire. Look, you can set somebody's life ablaze. You can build them up or you can tear them down all with your tongue and then all with the information you hold. That's why, you know, uh, assassination or killing somebody is just not a physical thing. Do you know you can kill somebody by assassinating their character? Oh, my goodness. You can just start tearing people down, assassinating their character, integrity, how they're viewed, the perception people have of them. That's why you got to be a good steward over your information, your income, your relationships. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, y'all better listen to me now. Also, we finally said in the last uh, episode, uh, we talked about uh, uh, the different aspects of stewardship. We said one of them uh, is time. We also said uh, another one was truth. We also said the third one was talents or spiritual gifts. Uh, And we're going to go into a series uh, after we finish how to treat one another into about talents uh, versus gifts, spiritual gifts. A lot of people wanted to know about that. Also, uh, you got your treasures. Those are the things that you value. 
uh, when you talk about stewardship and also your temple. You know, where do you worship? Uh, what are your belief system, your moral and ethical code? So those were just a slight review of what we talked about in the first episode. We just tried to break the ground of the foundation of how we treat one another. And we're about to go deeper. We're about to get into some of the, uh, the seven causes, the because of why we treat one another a certain way. Why are we supposed to do it? So, ladies and gentlemen, as always, we're going to take off in this plane together. You know what I like to do? Make sure your seat and tray tables are in the upright position. And if you're listening with somebody, look at them and say, you ready? You look back to them and say, I'm ready. Then let's go. Let's dive into more about uh, returning to the subject of one another, the injunctions or the commands of Scripture. The big question is, how do we have the kind of fellowship that encourages, edifies, and serves one another? Oh, my goodness. I'm already I'm going into deep water right now just with the first statement. How do we have the kind of fellowship that encourages edifies and serves one another. Ladies and gentlemen, when you talk about how we're supposed to treat one another, these three things are in there. Encouraging one another, edifying one another, and being in service to one another. To focus our attention on one another concept, the Holy Spirit used a special Greek word, a reciprocal pronoun called, remember we talked about alien. Alien! I know all my coming to America people said alien just right there. But alien, A-L-L-E-L-O-N, meaning means one another. The term reciprocal means mutual shared, shown or felt alike by both sides. Wait a minute. This is one of the breakdowns that we're having right now in this social unrest climate right now that, uh, mutual shared or that felt alike by both sides. Both sides are all sides are not really respecting or understanding each other. Uh, another, uh, when you talk about reciprocal means united in feelings, actions, responsibilities, attitudes. My goodness, there's so much attitude going on right now. I don't know how we can ever get to that place where we can come reason together with all the attitudes going about around. Nobody's taking responsibility at this moment. Uh, the different actions that people take, some are protesting, some uh, uh, are going to violence. So there's many different things happening in this climate. Reciprocal implies a return in due measure by each side in the matter discussed. List. that's the thing about reciprocity. So what happens is Everybody, we all need to come to this table or even whatever relationship that we're talking about, how are we supposed to treat one another? We're all supposed to come with our feelings, with the responsibility, with a good attitude so we can all move forward as a society. This reciprocal pronoun is frequently used in statements and injunctions, which means commands to Christians regarding the responsibility that believers are engaged in for the mutual help and the blessing of one another. See, this is where we got to get to, ladies and gentlemen. Just if we all had the mindset right there of any kind of relationship you have, no matter what your cultural background is, we are into engage with people for the mutual help and the blessing of one another. My God, what would this world look like right now if we were in it for mutual help and to bless one another? My goodness, we wouldn't have 
uh, cops killing black people all around. We wouldn't have Native Americans isolated on a land and exiled uh, a culture that uh, has been suffering from genocide. We wouldn't have uh, the Mexican culture in this country uh, being uh, isolated or made to feel like they're irrelevant. Oh boy, uh, so I'm gonna get calls after this show. I know I am, but I'm just telling you the truth. The frequency of these commands point up the importance of the truth to growth, health, and ministry of the body of Christ. Oh my goodness, we're gonna go deeper, ladies and gentlemen. All together, these one another passages may be grouped together into like about 18 or more specific categories of responsibility where Christians are to be ministering in the lives of fellow members of the body of Christ and also to others. Just a brief look at uh, these passages will quickly reveal two things. One, the need we have of the ministry and the aid of others. Also, our responsibility to minister to one another. Ladies and gentlemen, Ministry all the time is not a building. It is really a relationship. So somebody's ministry could actually be, you could be an encourager. You could be somebody that encourages, that supports, things like that. It's not all about your talents to give. Just uh, having a proper relationship with somebody, edifying somebody, encouraging somebody, building somebody up is a ministry. And we all, one way, shape, or form, have that responsibility. As members of the body of Christ, in Romans 12, 5, we are also members of one another, just as all the members of our bodies, arms, legs, heads, and etc., are diverse and consist of many members. So believers are all part of one body with each one essential. And let's even go a little further. We are all part of one body in this society. Oh, my goodness. Oh, they don't like me now. The one another passages and commands remind us of this. One, watch this. That no man is an island. Good God Almighty, we can stop right there. That no man, ladies and gentlemen, no man or woman is an island. No individual can function effectively by himself or herself. We need the help and love of other members of this body, of this society. We need encouragement. We need counsel, prayer, and physical help, depending on our particular needs at any given moment. My God, let's keep going. The second thing, that every believer or every person is important and essential to the proper function of the body, of society, of the church. While this will all vary in one's life, still, each person needs to help in some way, but also each has something to contribute to the well-being, growth, and the ministry of society or the body of Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, those are major. No man or woman is an island. Everybody is important. So let's just get this thing about out of our society right now that one culture is better than another. Now, some cultures have uh, special talents and gifts, absolutely. But every culture has a special talent or gift. Oh boy, they don't like me now. Let's get into the foundations and the motivations for the one another commands. 
A study of these one another passages yield a number of principles that lay the foundation and set forth reasons why God has given us these exhortations in the New Testament. For those that don't know what the New Testament is, the New Testament, when you talk about the Bible, the Holy Bible, there's an Old Testament and a New Testament. The following principles speak strongly against our age of independence, loneliness, and insensitivity to others. Oh my goodness, I need to stop right there. That just preaches itself, ladies and gentlemen. That, that, that's a conversation all on its own. That's a whole nother show right there. But those are so powerful that just the when you talk about the New Testament, it speaks to this age of this independent age. Everybody want to do it on their own. They don't want it. They don't need nobody because they want the glory for them. Oh, I'm sorry. That slipped out. I shouldn't have said that. And then the loneliness that's going on. When you talk about people are in quarantine, feeling isolated, uh, alone, even in relationships right now, some people are feeling alone. They have loneliness. Also, just insensitivity to others. Oh, my goodness. There is such an insens insensitivity going on right now. You can even see it from, I, I can't say his name, the, the president. I call him 45 because just his comments alone are so insensitive to every culture right now. But just uh, even when, when you talk about Black Lives Matter and different uh, movements that are going on right now, look, there's an insensitivity going on all around and we all need to come together as far as how we treat one another and understand where each person or each party or each culture is coming from oh my goodness i hope i still got some friends left the tendency for people to simply do their own thing and go their own way in the search of happiness regardless of the needs of others or upon whom they may trample in the process oh my goodness this is how why people want to just do their own thing. And they don't, no matter, they don't care how they hurt another party. They're willing to trample over them in the process to get from where they are to where they want to be. And that's not how you do it because you're going to need somebody else or another culture to get from where you are to where you want to be. I'm just saying, I didn't write it. It, look, I didn't set this whole thing up. You need to talk to God why he set it up that way that we're going to need one another. Oh boy. Understand this. When we do this, we have followed the deceptions of the world and of Satan, which is the enemy. We have placed our trust in the wrong things, worshiping what we think they can give us rather than resting in God and his plan for our lives. And if you want to know, you can see Matthew 4, 8 through 11 for that one. So let me ask you this question. So what constitutes the foundation and the motivational reasons for the one another commands in the scripture? Right now, let's get into seven because, like because, like because why, like B-E-C-A-U-S-E, -E, or the reasons why we treat one another a certain way. We're going to get into seven reasons, the seven becauses. The first because, we are God's children. Ephesians 5 and 1. It says, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. In Ephesians 5.1, you can see, especially when understood in its context, that precedes the, the words, be, be kind to one another, tenderhearted. And then the context that follows that, it means walk in love when you look at 5.2. The apostle that wrote this gives us the greatest of all reasons and the highest standard one can imagine. 
The word therefore introduces the close of the preceding section in Christ, on Christian behavior, particularly in the realm of that which manifests love for others like forgiveness. There is no gap between 432 and 5.1. Also, the apostle is telling us, we are to become in life, in our daily experience, what we are in reality as believers in Christ, good God almighty. So, for those that believe in God, for those that believe in a higher power, somebody that, the, the one that is righteous and just and fair, what this is saying is that relationship and that honor and respect that you have for the supreme being is supposed to filter how we treat each other. Oh, my goodness. We are the children of God through new birth. And as children of God, we are to grow up like our heavenly father. We are to imitate his character since he is the epitome of love, a love that is kind toward one another, that forgives just as God in Christ has also forgiven us. Ladies and gentlemen, have you ever been forgiven for something that you know you should not been forgiven for? That's the same thing that we're supposed to carry around when we how we're supposed to treat one another, even if somebody has wronged us. And look, there are many wrongs going on right now, but we still have to find a way through our relationship with God to find out how do we overcome. And one of the ways we can overcome is forgiveness. How we treat one another, being kind towards one another. Also, this demonstrate in the gift of our Lord Jesus, God's son, who gave himself up for us and offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. Anything short of this is inconsistent with who we are in Christ and the miraculous regenerating work of God. To be unloving as God's children is an absurdity. Ladies and gentlemen, you cannot say, no one can say, oh, I love the Lord but treat one another bad. Constantly doing violence to one another, lying on one another. There is no shutting one another out, not listening to one another, being selfish towards one another. That You cannot have a relationship with God or you, whatever you want to call him, your supreme being. You can't have a relationship with that supreme being and treat your neighbor that way. It is absurd oh my goodness i think my phone ladies and gentlemen is ringing right now somebody is just listening to this recording right now oh my goodness next because number two because we are brethren no matter what culture you are we are all brethren whether you believe it or not <laughs> acts 726 and on the following day he appeared to them as they were fighting together and he tried to reconcile them in peace, saying, men, you are brethren. Why do you injure one another? Can somebody answer that question? Ladies and gentlemen, why in this world right now, in any kind of relationships I have, why do we try to injure each other? That is the main thing that is going on right now. Forget about, uh, I get it, the coronavirus and the so-called uh, pandemic that we're supposed to be having right now. I get all that. But right now, the way we're trying to injure one another. You got black uh, culture trying to get back at white culture for something their forefathers did. Then we're in black culture. We're not even mad at our ancestors for even selling us that way. 
Then, let's skip all of that. We got to live in the now. Understand what happened in the past. But now, how do we break as a society, as different cultures, even though this United States is built on lies, theft, genocide, the foundation is wrong. It is time for all of us to come together to right this ship. My goodness. We have to stop injuring one another. No matter if you're black, white, Mexican, Asian, it don't matter. Indian does not matter. We have to stop injuring one another because at the end of the day, we are all brethren. Romans 15, 14 says, and concerning you, my brethren, I must, my, I myself also am convinced that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to also admonish one another. Ladies and gentlemen, I can keep going for days. 1 Corinthians 16, 20. All the brethren greet you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. That means with some kind of affection, that hug. That, 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 that fist bumps, whatever. We need to start greeting each other properly. Galatians 5.13, for you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. Oh my goodness, right now, if you can see me, I'm doing the whatever, the Dougie, all that, what all the kids do right now. That is major, major, major. It says, for we were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity of the flesh. Is that not going on right now? People are, no matter what culture, are seeking an opportunity for their flesh right now versus being part of the solution. And then also to finish the scripture, it says, but through love, serve one another. Ain't nobody serving nobody right now. We got sides chosen on all sides right now. And the church is most silent of them all. Uh-oh. Oh, my God. I said the wrong thing. I think my pastor is going to call me after this one. But even the church has to rise up with the voice right now. Even the church has to be that bridge right now that is able to bridge the gap and be that facilitator in this whole mess of social unrest on how to treat one another. It is time for all of us to take accountability and responsibility for what's going on. First Thessalonians 4 and 9. Now as to the love of the brethren, you have no need for anyone to write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another, ladies and gentlemen. This is what I love about this passage. And some of you, if you really think about it, you've experienced this yourself. It says, for you yourselves, it says, you don't need a teacher. It says, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. Have, have you ever done something and then after you did it and nobody had to tell you, you already knew inside that you were wrong? And nobody had to say something. That's the thing about there's something ingrained in all of us, a mechanism that God has already placed inside of us that when we do something, especially towards one another, 
and it don't feel right, there is something, a unction inside of each, every one of us that go, ah, there was something wrong. There was something off about that without even somebody telling us. So there is God, a supreme being that is teaching us all of this. And we don't really need a teacher. We already know inherently what's right or wrong. My God, let me keep going. I don't have any friends no more. I feel isolated on the island on this one. But I'm going to keep going because I love you anyway. The New Testament clearly states that faith in Christ results in spiritual regeneration. The new birth. Born again by the Spirit of God into the family of God. We become related to God as his spiritual children and to all other believers in Christ as brethren, regardless, watch this, of gender, race, culture, education, or position in society. Good God Almighty, that preach itself. <laughs> we become part of one huge spiritual family. And let me, let me go deeper on that. This is why we become one big, huge spiritual family. No matter what you believe, watch this. Every human being on this planet is a spirit. They live in a body and they have a soul, which is their mind. Okay, I'm going to stop the show right now. I'm leaving. I'm just a mic drop right there. So it don't matter what you believe, what God you serve. Because the one true God had made, made us all brethren already because we are a spirit. We live in a body and we have a soul, which is a mind. No one on this planet can get around that. We share the same spiritual father, the same spiritual blessing. And as a family, we should have a special love for one another. The one another emphasis of the New Testament is closely tied to the fact of our spiritual relationship. The key word of the day, as brethren, ladies and gentlemen, we can keep protesting and marching in the streets. White people can keep abusing black people all they want, but it does not matter because at the end of the day, we are all brethren and we need to get on one accord with each other. The only way we're going to be able to right this ship is together. Oh my God. Help me with this. Next. Brethren should work together, love, and serve one another. This was the point that Moses, that's the Old Testament, as recorded in Acts 7, 26, says, because we are brethren, family. We have a special relationship and should care for one another. Ladies and gentlemen, no matter what city you live in, if you live in Los Angeles, what state, it doesn't matter. Those people in that state, in your community, on your, that live on your street, that live in your apartment building, wherever you live, those people in close proximity to you are all your brethren. And you should be having a special relationship, especially with those in your community right now. Should be caring for one another, no matter what color, gender, creed, race, education, no matter. You should be having a special relationship, especially to those in proximity of you. Oh, my God. The third one, 
We're going to keep going. The third because. We are members of one another. My God. Romans 12, 5. So we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Ladies and gentlemen, here's a bit great example. We always say the arm, legs, and stuff like that. And those are the outer. But let's, I mean, let me show you really how we're all connected. Let's go on the inside. Because we're looking at the outside right now. Let's go on the inside. The brain, the heart, the lungs, the stomach, the liver, the pancreas, all need each other. Kidneys, oh my goodness, all need each other. Have different functions, have different talents, have different gifts, but yet have to work in unison. My goodness, they're all created different, but have to come together for everything in your body to work properly. And in that is how we are supposed to work together and treat one another in our culture. Oh my goodness, I'm gonna leave that alone. Next thing, 1 Corinthians 12, 25, that there should be no division in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, even in your own body, your brain has to care for every organ that it operates. <laughs> Listen, I can't make this stuff up. It has to be responsible for every organ. It has to be accountable for every organ. It has to make sure every organ is working. And then when it's not, it, the, it lets the body know there is something wrong. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if we're made, our bodies are made to be that way, why can't we come together as an organism, even though we're different organs, different cultures in society, to help and have the same care for one another? I'm going to leave that alone. My God. Ephesians 4, 25 says, Therefore, laying aside all falsehood, whoo, my goodness, them lies, speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor, for we are members of why does it keep going to one another? What? Oh, that's right. Because this whole thing is about this conversation that we're having is about one another. And Ephesians is talking about we got to lay aside falsehood. Stop lying on your brother. Stop lying. Speak the truth. So stop not only lying on him, stop lying to him or her. Speak the truth. Each one of us, each one of you with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. My goodness. In this New Testament, it also teaches that when we put our faith in Christ, the Holy Spirit joins us through the spirit of baptism in union with Christ and his spiritual body, the church, to show just how we are related to each other and how we would therefore act toward one another. The New Testament uses the analogy of the human body. The concept of the church as the body of Christ is a recurrent analogy and one rich in meaning. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to know, this is, this is so simple. Our own bodies, the way we operate, the way our body functions, is a walking 
testimony is a walking sermon on how we can overcome the problems that we are having in any relationship. Oh my goodness. Next thing in three passages above. The analogy and relationship are used as the basis for the various one another responsibilities. As with many and varied members of the human body, so we as believers in Christ are members of one another and we are to live, think, and act accordingly. We are to act in ways that are consistent with caring and unified body under one head, Christ. When we think of or act otherwise, we both hinder and hurt the proper function of the body. The truth is to be protection against division. Ladies and gentlemen, this divisive thing that is going on in the news right now, this division that's going on in the world right now, we have to be a proponent to stop it. What does the Bible say? A house divided cannot stand. And I'm sorry if you look at the world as a house right now because we all living in it. Therefore, if we all divided in this house, it cannot stand. Oh my God. That was free. That was free, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't even have, I didn't even think of that earlier. That just came to me right there. Next thing, the one another actions of the body are the natural and necessary products of being members of one body. These actions promote unity, care of one another, and result in greater effectiveness through diversity and the use of our gifts. The one another passages of the New Testament are designed to hinder independent individualism, apathy toward other people, ineffectiveness of the church through idle members. The next thing, the fourth one, this is because we are taught by God to love one another. Oh my goodness. Here we are again on the fourth one, the because of why, of the seven why, how to treat one another. Why do we do this? Because we are taught by God to love one another. First Thessalonians 4, 9. Not as to love of the brethren. Uh-oh. Not as to love of the brethren. Why is here the brethren? The brethren just keep coming up, y'all. You have no need for anyone to write to you. For you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. Some instructions for Christians come through their brethren in Christ, but other lessons are taught by God, his children directly. Things that almost intuitively seem right for a Christian to do. Loving other Christians is such a lesson. Christians quickly learn and there is a real kinship between believers and they relate to other Christians in a way they do not relate to those outside God's family. The Thessalonians in this passage had already learned to love each other even though they were new Christians. So ladies and gentlemen, this is huge. So when you talk about the Thessalonians and when Paul wrote to the Thessalonian church, these are people that were worldly, didn't really have a godly foundation. And then... Not that anybody really had to teach them because they're a new church, a new body. They're just realizing this. But they intuitively knew that they were supposed to treat each other better than what they were doing, treating each other. So if that was then, 
we should be able to do that now. First John 4, 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Here we are again. The writer on this one, John, returned to the subject of love, which, like faith in God's Son, is a product of the Spirit. As a confession of the incarnate person of Christ, marks one off as being actuated by God. So does love. Since love comes from God, hence one who loves in Christian sense of that term has been born of God. So, saying, if we love one another, the love that we have for one another shows exactly what you believe in, who you believe in. So this thing about if you want to know what people believe in, or especially if they're in the body of Christ, if they're Christians, listen, if they're not showing you any love, they're not Christian. Oh, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Because the whole premise of being, and I don't even like Christians. Christians is a slang term. Uh, is really being a disciple of Christ. So if you're talking about you're a disciple of Christ and that you love the Lord, because for God so loved the world that he gave, love expresses. So God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So what happens is, if you love for real, you should want to express it through some kind of giving, through some kind of service, not just tangible things, but serving one another. Remember when I said in relationships to make somebody better and not bitter. Oh, my goodness. Love stems from a regenerate nature and also from fellowship with God, which issues in knowing him. The absence of love is the evidence that a person does not know God. Significantly, John did not say such a person is not born of God. In a negative statement, only the last part of the positive one in 4-7 is repeated. Since God is love, intimate acquaintance with him will produce love. Well, intimate acquaintance? Wow. You don't have to have a deep relationship with him. You just have to have just like an intimate acquaintance. You ever have acquaintance? Like you have those that you have associates, acquaintances, and then you have the people that you call friends. It's saying you just have to have, you just have to have to be acquainted with him. It says like, like love is intrinsic to the character and the nature of God. And one who is intimately acquainted with God walks in his life. Ladies and gentlemen, when you love one another, when we treat each other how they should, how we want to be treated, we are being the light of the world. Why? Because God is love. And then if you love the Lord, you're going to want to express like the Lord. So therefore, you're going to be walking in the light. That's why we got to come reason together. That's why we got to come and right this ship. That's why we need to end this social unrest and come to the table. All cultures need to come to the table and we need to talk about our grievances, what's going on, our issues, what we feel in life, what our thoughts are, and then figure out how we move forward in love. Oh, my God. First John 4.12. No one has beheld God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Again, this apostle shows that loving one another is a proof of fellowship, the abiding life, 
In John's terminology, the words, God abides in us, refers not to the indwelling presence of God, but to fellowship or the abiding of life. Oh, my goodness, I'm doing a praise dance right now for those that know what praise dance is. God abides in us, refers not to the indwelling presence of God, but to fellowship. Ladies and gentlemen, because we share the society, because of we share the, the space of all those that are in proximity in whatever areas we live in, fellowship is a major component of all of how we treat one another. We cannot be isolated from each other. Even through this time of social distancing, it's impossible like I keep telling y'all week after week, to social distance because we are all built to be in relationship with each other. Whether it be six feet, six inches on top of each other, it don't matter. At the end of the day, divinely, we will gravitate back toward each other. And when we do, we got to treat each other with respect with honor, encourage one another, and serve one another. Oh my goodness, I don't have any friends left, but it's okay. The next because is because God has loved us. 1 John 4.11 says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. He's saying if because God loved us first, and we're supposed to take on what he did for us, and supposed to, from that vertical relationship now to the horizontal, we're supposed to love each other the same way. Caring for one another is a response to God's love for us and his purposes through us. Since we have experienced the gift of God's love and the new life it brings, we ought to love others as the recipients of this new life. Those who have been so touched by God's grace ought to love one another as a response of gratitude but also a living, oh my goodness, a living, why do I say that again? A living manifestation of God's love to others, a visible manifestation of the true but invisible God. Ladies and gentlemen, I know it's hard for people to live in faith that there is a God. I get it. I know even though the, there are some believers out there that believe in God, but your faith is kind of weak on if he's really real. But here's a way that you can prove that there is a God and that you love him based on how you treat your neighbor. <laughs> look, look, God is the brightest bulb in the bunch. God is like, look, if you don't, even if you don't believe in me, just by your sheer faith, even if you're uncertain, I'll give it a credit to you based on how you treat your neighbor, how you treat one another. Oh my goodness. Ladies and gentlemen, look, look, look. Y'all want me to stop now? Look, I can stop. We can just stop talking right now because look, it's good to me. I don't know if it's good to you. Y'all let me know if this is good to you on your Facebook, uh, uh, on my This Is Day Facebook page, on my Facebook stories, your Facebook stories, let me know at Real Pastor Wade. And Wade is spelled W-A-I-D. Let me know if this is good to you. Let me know if you're still my friend. I need to know what kind of friends I got right now. Who in my corner? Let's keep going. The next because. Because it's the expression 
and fulfillment of God's word and will. Oh my goodness. It's, it's the fulfillment of God's will and his word. So this is, this is to my people that be like, I just want to know what God's will is for my life to treat others as you would want to be treated, <laughs> to love your neighbor as yourself. <laughs> well, let me pray about it. What God's will is for my life. Why don't you just kill that attitude that you have? Yeah. Why don't you love your neighbor? If you want to know what God's will is. Oh, you was just wanting things and stuff. Oh, even if you want the things and stuff, let me tell you to that person, God blesses through people. <laughs> so if God blesses through people, then you're going to have to love your neighbor and treat your neighbor as you want to be treated and love one another because God blesses through people. And if you got a bad attitude, because you know I said your attitude determines your altitude. So if you got a bad attitude, that blessing can just pass you by based on how you're treating one another. Because the one you're treating bad, whether black, white, Asian, Mexican, Latin, don't matter. The one you're treating bad could be the very one God sends the blessing through. That's why you have to watch how you treat one another. Oh, my goodness. Some of you don't know right now. You have missed out on the blessing. One of the big ones God has for you because of how you treat one another. Oh, I'm going to leave that alone. I, look, I, I, I think my phone is buzzing right now, y'all. I, I think that somebody's calling me right now. They mad at me right now. Let's keep going. Romans 13.8 says, Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. For he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. Matthew 22, 35 through 40 says, one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. Then he said, the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments, ladies and gentlemen, y'all better listen, listen to me. This, you know there's 10 commandments, but here is Jesus reducing it to two commandments. Because, you know, Jesus is like, I love, I, when I look at this passage, Jesus is like, well, 10 is too much for y'all. Let me just break it down to two. He says, on these two commandments depend the whole law of the prophets. Jesus means that no commandment is greater. These two commandments stand to the rest of the scripture as source, some substance and goal. This means that the rest of the scripture, like these other one another commands, provide us with a commentary on these two responsibilities, setting forth the means, the manner, the motive, the method, and the destination of our lives. Without the reality of these two commands in our lives, as both source and course, derivation and destination, obedience to the rest of the scripture will become merely legalistic demands. The legal demands become burdens that we seek to obey to gain points with God and with men. And all our works and ministries naturally become as acts of self-love. That's going, that hurt me right there, ladies and gentlemen. So we just need to stop doing this as a way to gain points with God. <laughs> Wait a minute, that's what it's saying. It's 
<laughs> people just try to love one another just to gain points for, with God. But we should just do it just because he told us to. Because he's already set an example of how we're supposed to live. We stop, need to stop trying to just do this to be like, hey, God, see, look at me. I'm loving my neighbor as, as, as myself, like you said. Now, can I get a treat? No. Matthew also accounts, which adds, on these two commandments, depend the whole law and the prophets. And Paul's statement, owing nothing to anyone except to love one another. For he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. Stress that our ability to enter in and fulfill the rest of scripture hinges like a door on reality of those paramount commands. Without the reality of these two, we will miserably, miserably, miserably fail to be the people God has called us to be. Principle number one of the source. My goodness. Love our God and our neighbor becomes our source and means of obedience in the other imperatives of scripture by virtue of internal motives and the inner ability to carry out the commands of God by the power of God's love operating in us by the ministry of his spirit. The second principle, which is the external controls, is supervision. We need the imperatives, principles, promises, and guidelines of scripture as a whole to guide us in wise expression of God's love. So it does not degenerate into mere sentimentality or self-indulgence. Oh my goodness, self-indulgence. That word hurt me to say it. Or the compromise of righteousness. The rest of scripture, like a light in the darkness, gives us the revealed will of God in the expression of how to love. Paul's prayer for the Philippians in Philippians 1, 9 through 10 remind us not only of the need of more and more love, but love with spiritual and biblical discernment. Ladies and gentlemen, whether you're a believer or not, we all must have, we need a guide on how to love one another. This is, even if you don't believe in the Bible, but you believe in self-help books, but you believe in how-to books, but you believe in motivational books. The Bible is the best of all of them. If you want a manual of how to love and treat one another, if you want a man manual to how to get from where you are to where you want to be, if you want instructions how to solve the problems that's going on in the world, discern and read your Bible. If you would go to Barnes and Noble or bookstores or buy any books off Amazon, whether it be self-help, motivation, inspiration, doesn't matter. All of it is derived from the Bible. Oh my goodness. I lost some friends right now in every country right now. <laughs> the third principle of substance and summary, which means controlled, defined, and directed. Love for God and one another is the very essence, heart, goal, and substance of the rest of the scriptures. These two commands sum up the rest of God's commands and his holy word. As in the summary in Matthew 22, please note the following. One, this means that the rest of scripture 
and the one another injunctions or commands give us God's commentary on loving God and loving one another. They provide us with the means, manner, motive, and method. The other commands, like those against murder, stealing, adultery, are never the end goal in themselves. Listen to me now. Watch this. But find their meaning and purpose in these two things, love for God and love for others who are made in the image of God. You can find that in 1 Timothy 1 and 5. Second, morality without the knowledge of God, the absolutes of scripture cannot long exist. Ladies and gentlemen, let me say that again. Morality without the knowledge of God and the absolutes of scripture cannot long exist. Moral living must be founded on the reality of God. Man's love for God and the absolutes of the Bible. If this is not the foundation, listen to me now. Morality will crumble and with it society. Oh my goodness, somebody mad at me with that one. So morality without the knowledge of God and without the scripture, without some context, without the absolutes of the Bible. You mean to tell me this whole foundation of morality will crumble and the society that's within it? Absolutely. Because remember, it goes back to a common life. Remember earlier we talked about we are brethren. We have to live here together and we need a foundation which is already set before us. I know people argue, huh, the Bible is a white man's religion or God is a white man's religion. No, no, no. The Bible and the biblical texts were around even before they got their hands on it. Oh my goodness, they don't like me now. Third thing, these passages stress the necessity of a heart relationship with God. Through the word of God, love for others can only grow out of the soil of love for God as it is fed and watered by fellowship with God in his word. Without this, watch this, you and I will end up with a life that is pharisaic, external, sterile, artificial, petty, critical, selfish, and lifeless kind of sound like what's going on right now. Hmm. Our actions of love, if we have any, will be full of hypocrisy. Romans 12, 9 says, let love be without hypocrisy. Ladies and gentlemen, our world, our society, the foundation is very hypocritical right now. We are so off message as a society of how we treat one another. We need to get back on message together as brethren. Find that common life. Find that common ground. Find that mutual benefit. Find it. We must. Four. And we're almost done. In these passages, we also find the concept of vision. Vision means having God's word and from the inside it brings it to one's life. Seeing as God sees and allowing that sight to direct one's path. Having vision flows out of devotion to God's person. But to have vision, we must start with God's word and our relationship with him. And last, 
and we are done. The last, number seven, because we want to glorify him. My goodness. First Peter 4, 10 and 11 says, as each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks, let him speak as it were, the utterances of God. Whoever serves, let him do so by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Christ Jesus, to whom belongs glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, I pray you enjoy our time together. We are out of time. We will continue this conversation next week. Thank you for tuning in to episode two of how to treat one another. I thank you for all the support and responses. I know this was a tough conversation today. Understand new episode will release every Thursday on iTunes and Spotify at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Please remember to subscribe and don't just listen to these episodes just once. Get them ingrained in your spirit. Remember, faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Also, for anything to become a habit, psychologically take 60 to 90 days, 66 to be exact. Remember in all thy getting, get understanding, and then practice implementing what we have learned. Applying how we treat one another is the only way we can turn it around for the good. A special thanks to my man, Kevin Clayton, KC, for producing the show. Erica Duff for the artwork. The Flow Therapy Morning Show with Coco B and Frank Nitty. Thank you for the love and support on the Uncommon Gospel Radio Network. Alex Teamer, a.k.a. 18, for the baseline. Pastor Warren Campbell, that's my pastor. I love that dude. And Lena Bird-Miles for This Is The Day intro. Remember to subscribe to This Is The Day on whatever podcast platform you use. You can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Real Pastor Wade, and Wade is spelled W-A-I-D. And remember to post any subject titles you would like discussed on This Is Day Facebook page or feedback on your Instagram stories of what you thought of our conversation. Always remember, God believes in you, and so do I. Till next time, this is the day. This is always the day for breakthrough, victory, redemption. Thank you for tuning in. Remember to subscribe to This Is The Day with Pastor Wade on any podcast platform that you use. You can interact with Pastor Wade with questions, comments, or subject titles you would like discussed. You can follow Pastor Wade at Real Pastor Wade, that is Real Pastor W-A-I-D, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 